Be delighted this holiday season at Ice and Lights, the winter village at Cameron Run. Just minutes from Old Town Alexandria. Stroll through the park and enjoy winter photo ops, light displays, hot chocolate, and a warm treat. The winter village offers playtime for the entire family. Extend the magic of the holidays by visiting early, starting November 17th. Get your tickets now at CameronIceandLights.com. That's CameronIceandLights.com. To those who visit Mickey D's for their favorite breakfast item and then go somewhere else for coffee, give this Mickey D's brew a second chance. The glow up was real. Try any size iced coffee brewed with 100% Arabica beans for just 99 cents until 11 a.m. And pair it with a savory sausage McMuffin with egg for $2.79. Prices and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. You're about to experience a life-giving message from Bishop Kevin Foreman, the people's bishop and pastor of Harvest Church. We exist to lead people to totally love God, love people, and love life as one church in global locations. Find out more on our website at www.harvestchurch.church or get our app by texting the word HARVEST to the number 877-552-4746. Your faithful giving is how we continue to bring life-giving messages like these to you. So bless what blesses you in our app or online at www.harvestchurch.church forward slash give. Now here's today's life-giving message. Your Bibles out. Let's make our confession of faith together. It's at the bottom of the screen. Why are you lifting your phone? That's not a Bible. Oh, yes, it is. Because I got the Harvest Church mobile app, which means I've got the Bible on my phone, totally free, and I can read through the entire Bible in one year. Let's say it together, 915. For God's glory, this is my best year yet. To the word I'm about to hear, I believe, I obey, I manifest, and that settles it. In Jesus' name, amen. So, God, we tell you that we are open and we are ready. Speak to us now, God, with strength. Speak to us now with power. Speak to us now with authority. And I pray that you would give us clarity. I pray that you would give us direction. I pray that you would bring conviction. What is that? Show us where we need to change. Show us where things can be better. Our confession remains the same. These next six months... God, I'll go by myself. These next six months, we declare, will be the best of our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody in the building and online, take five seconds, lift your hands, and worship God because he's about to release his word into you. And you got to be in a posture of receptivity. You got to be in a posture of receptivity. We have to be in a posture of receptivity. Come on, open your mouth say, speak, Lord. Come on, 915, tell them, say, speak, Lord. Let's get to work. This series is called Summer Songs, and we're learning some biblical principles from summer songs. Um, this past Sunday, it was not a song, but it was a popular summer event. In fact, it's one of my favorite summer pastimes, the summer cookout, all right? That's why you got the grill on the stage. That's why you got the, um, the, uh, uh, um, the ice, what do you call this? Cooler. The ice bucket on the stage, that's why you got... That's why you got the potato chips on the stage. That's why you got the macaroni salad on the stage, the potato salad on the stage. Uh, Listen, I showed you last week how one cookout, what is that? It is an unusual and unexpected situation. It changed a man named Saul's life for the better forever. He literally goes to the cookout as a regular individual that does not have much hope for his future, and he leaves the cookout as the next king of Israel. I'm going to tell 
tell you 915, you're going to have some unusual and unexpected situations that are going to change your life for the better forever. I need your faith to be stirred in the building and online. Somebody say one unusual and unexpected situation is going to change my life for the better forever. I, I know you thought that it was an interruption, but it's a divine interruption. I know that you weren't planning on it happening so fast, but God says, I'm about to shift your life just that fast. I know you weren't expecting to have to deal with it, but baby, deal with it. And when you deal with it, it's going to be your game changer. Anything we see God do for anyone in the Bible, he can do the same for you. Why am I getting you excited about what he did for Saul? Because if we does it for Saul, that means he can do it for us. Say the same thing. Come on, talk to me. Say the same thing he did for Saul is the same thing he can do for me. How do you know that? Romans 2.11 says, For God shows no partiality. What does that mean? No arbitrary favoritism. With him, one person is no more important than the other. Which means if he did it for Saul, he can do it for me. But wait, it gets better. If he healed a woman with an issue of blood after 12 years, and instantly and suddenly things can change. I'm going to tell somebody at the 915, instantly and suddenly something can change for you. I'm going to tell you the God we believe in is not dead. The God we believe is alive and he's well and can I tell you he's about to make his best move in your life in the next six months of your life if your expectation is like mine on 10 just lift your hands for three seconds and worship God right there go I'm expecting I'm expecting I'm expecting come on elbow somebody next to you say I am expecting I Every good cookout needs the right place. You can't have a cookout at the wrong place. You can't have a cookout where you can't be loud. You can't have a cookout where you can't dance. You can't, and even if you can't dance, you like to watch everybody else dance and talk about how they dancing. But watch me, but they on the dance floor dancing. I wish you would let other people who won't do what you do talk about you for doing what you do. You got to make sure that your cookout is in the right place. Number two, you got to make sure that you have the right people at your cookout. You cannot have negative, mean, nasty uh, uh, people who do not want to have a good time. In these next six months of your life, God's going to surround you with some people, watch me, that help you enjoy your life. Y'all not talking to me because you've worked hard, you've sown hard, you've, you've put in hard work, and some of you need to learn how to love your life and enjoy your life. For those of you that are with me in the next six months, I'm about to enjoy my life like I've never, ever. I need you to look over at somebody and say, I'm ready to enjoy this thing. I'm ready. You were not sent just to pay bills and die. You were not sent just to be stressed out and die. You were not sent just to have babies and die. Come here, 915. You were sent to rule and to reign and to conquer and subdue. You need the right people around you. And matter of fact, even in church now, if you're around somebody that don't look like they're hearing what I'm saying, you're around somebody that don't look like their faith is on Tim, this would be a good time to pretend like you got to go to the bathroom, get up and just walk out to the door and come right back in and sit somewhere else. God's about to put people around you that are the right people. You've done a lot for people, and let's tell the truth. You always got the bad end of the deal. But guess what? You didn't get the bad end of the deal like you think you did. You were sowing into your future. You were sowing into some better people that were on their way. 
Somebody say, and I'll have the right people. Number three, you need the right provisions. You cannot be at a summer cookout. Uh, you ready? You cannot be in a summer cookout with healthy food. Now, what do I mean by that? I mean, you know, listen. Now, you want it to be healthy and clean and all of that. But, but look here. I, I'm going to have some white bread. Okay, it's quiet. Look here. Look here. I'm going to make sure my food is seasoned. I want it to be so much seasoning on my food. You need the right provisions. You need the right food, and you need the right drink. You, you, you ready? Um, this, is, this is not the time for a, little, for a little dainty salad. You need to do that outside the cookout. At the cookout, we come to eat. You ready? For many of you, you've had to deal with scraps. Scraps from other people, scraps from uh, what was left over. In these next six months, your provisions will be right. Check this out. Not just literal food. That's not what I'm referring to. You've had to deal with the scraps of other people's attitudes, of other people's issues, of other people's circumstances. And in these next six months, I'll have the right provisions. Then this is really important. I taught you this last week. You have to have the right plates. Okay, listen. For those of you who throw cookouts, don't bring no flat plate where everything runs together and it's not strong enough to hold what I'm about to have. Can I make this spiritual for you? For many of you, God has been making you be able to hold more. That's why you've been up, so, up under so much pressure. The pressure was designed to make sure you could carry what he's about to put on your plate in the next... God, dog, can you open your mouth and say, thank you, Jesus for increasing my capacity to carry. I, see, you had to juggle a lot in the first six months because God says, I need you to learn how to handle a lot because there's a promotion with your name on it and I don't need you punking out in your office. I don't need you sitting in the office crying. I need you to be able to handle this. I need you to be able to carry this. Finally, you need the right playlist. Yesterday, yesterday we were at a restaurant. While we were at the restaurant, I was like, I want to know who got the playlist because this restaurant does not normally pl have this playlist. It was like, it was a good southern, you know, like dance playlist. Like it was not your typical Denver music playlist. And so I wanted to know, I said, now who put this together? They were playing Prince and Cameo and y'all have to Google those uh, Denver. They were, and I said, who got the playlist going? Somebody said the right music. So you need the right people, the right place, the right provisions, the right place, and the right uh, plates, excuse me, and the right playlist. So in this series, the first in our playlist is Summertime by Will Smith. Y'all remember that? Y'all remember that? Let me see if you know it. See the chorus, go. Y'all got that? Y'all got that? Say it again. Uh. Y'all got it. There we go. Yeah, listen, listen, listen. Listen. Now, listen. Will Smith just sampled another song. And he made the sample more popular than the original. 
Let me see if I can say it another way. The sequel was better than the original. These next six months are your sequel, and they're going to be way better than the first six months. Would you touch somebody on the shoulder and say, your sequel is going to be better? Basically, here's what the song is about. How the times will be different. Here it is, and my shouting has already started. How the times will be different because the season has changed. How the times will be different because the season has changed. Now, let me make it clear. I'm not just talking about naturally the fact that the season has changed. I'm talking about spiritually that the season has Somebody say, everything's about to be different because I'm in a new season. Woo, come on, I'll preach my own self happy. Say, everything will be better because I'm in a new season. At the beginning of this year, and at the halfway point, I need to remind you of where you're at. All right? Um, every time there's a football game, every time I would imagine there's a basketball game, every time I would imagine that there's a soccer match, every time I would imagine that there's a lacrosse, lacrosse, um, they just call them games, game, lacrosse game. Um, every, time, every time there's a dodgeball game, uh, I would imagine that halfway through, the coach brings the players together to say, listen, this is what the first half has been. And, and, and perhaps because of how the first half has been, it's made you forget that we're not here just to play. Maybe you took some sacks. Maybe you got knocked down. Maybe you got knocked over. And, and I need you to let go of the disappointments from the first half. Because we still have a whole half to play. And in this second half, this is the half that determines who wins the game. What if I told you, you got to let go of everything that disappointed you in your first half? Because in the second half, I need you to lock in and focus because you have a game to win. The Lord told us at the beginning of 2022, this was going to be a weird year. A weird year. And weird, um, when, you heard, when we heard weird, I literally told you how it was October of 2021 while I was in Birmingham, Alabama, and the Lord spoke to me. He literally stopped. Um, I was supposed to fly back to Denver. When I was supposed to fly back to Denver, something crazy that had never happened happened. It was weird. The entire airline said that we have to ground all 500 plus of our planes uh, because there's a computer server issue. And I'm thinking, what does the server issue on the ground have to do with the planes in the sky? And sometimes, watch me, there's a disconnect between what's happening on earth and what's happening in the heavens. Let me say it another way. There's a disconnect between what's happening in the natural and what is happening in the spiritual. And can I tell you, the spiritual determines everything that happens in the natural. And, and so literally, I said, God, this is crazy. Like, I've never experienced this. I've never had this type of situation to happen where my, literally, my plane has been, the, I see the plane. I see the crew for the plane. Everything I need is with me, but it can't take off. I'm going to talk over here. Everything I need, I have, but there's a system error that will not allow me to take off. And for some of you, watch me, you look around and you're like, why aren't things taking off? You better hear me. That was only a temporary delay in the first half. Because in the second half, I need you to make this declaration. Say, I've been cleared for takeoff. I 
So when he said, he said, son, I, I did something totally weird because I want you to see what 2022 is going to be. He says, 2022 is going to be a weird year. And I'm thinking, God, you cannot have me to get up and preach that it's going to be a weird year. I said, that sounds weird. Like, how are you going to do a series? Come on, weird. And then what are you going to get T-shirts for people to walk to say weirdo? Like, because most of us, when we think of weird, we think of something negative. But then he began to show me, and as I looked at the definitions, he said, sometimes you have mislabeled things because you misunderstood what it meant. Weird has five different definitions. Number one, it means to do your assignment. There are certain doors God has slammed violently in your face. Why? Because it has nothing to do with your assignment. What is your assignment? Your assignment is what you were sent to the earth and you were created to do. Which means, watch me, in these next six months, God says you will not be going to work for a job. You will not be working to make a living. You make your living from your giving. You will be doing what you were created to do. For everybody that believes it, say, I'll do my assignment. I Number two, the definition of weird, it means supernatural. This means unnatural, unearthly, unreal, unexpected. See, that cookout for Saul, it was something supernatural. It was unexpected. He did not expect that a cookout was going to change the trajectory of his life. He was looking for his father's donkeys. He did not know he was going to find the throne. See, some of y'all, watch me, you're just looking to get by. You have no clue that God wants you to buy it. Some of you, you're just looking to get out of your valley and you have no clue that God wants you to buy the valley, then monetize the valley and start selling the valley online. Y'all not going to say nothing. Somebody say, unreal, unexpected. I need your faith to go to another level because you've been expecting the expected. But I think there's a few of y'all in here and online, but you're like me. I'm expecting the unexpected. What does that mean? My name's about to be brought up in the rooms of people that have the trajectory and the ability to change my life. Favor's about to find you. Doors are about to open for you. And it's going to be unexpected. Somebody say, I expect the unexpected. Number three definition, it means uncanny. This means strange, mysterious, mystifying, abnormal, unusual. What happens for us this year, God says, it's going to seem strange to you. Because you're so used to a certain way of doing things, I'm going to interrupt your way. You're so used to living a certain place. I'm about to, you ready? I, I'm about to have you in a whole new place. You're so used to a certain building, I'm about to have you in a whole nother, y'all are going to. You're so used to it being a certain way, but everything's going to be strange. That just simply means it's not what I'm used to. It's not what I'm comfortable with. But anytime God gets you uncomfortable, that means God's getting ready to complete an upgrade. Strange, mysterious, mystifying, abnormal, and unusual. Then watch me, the next definition, creepy. And creepy sounds creepy because it makes us think of a creep. Like the moment we say creepy, somebody popped in your head. Still the truth, right? But here's what creepy actually means by definition. It means fear or unease because you're asking yourself, is this really happening for me? Look at me. Say, is this really happening? See, when your phone rings this week with a supernatural, uncanny, crazy, in left field, blessed, 
you're going to be able to say, wait a minute. I'm not you. I read praise reports of other people. I did not expect that this was going to be my praise report. I hear other people giving unexpected seven-figure deposits. I was not expecting that to come to me. Come on, come on. I need you to practice. Is this really happening for me? You've been praying for your children to get saved for years. What if this week was going to be the week where it finally happened? You've been praying for a turnaround in your body for weeks. What if this was going to be the week where the doctor said, what we found before, we cannot find again. Somebody say, is this really happening for me? Here's the last definition. Say zany. Zany means unconventional. Which means God says, I'm going to break your conventional way of doing things. Unorthodox. Orthodoxy simply deals with our routine, with our regimen. God says, I'm going to break your routine. I'm going to break your regimen. I'm going to break your routine. I'm going to break your regimen. And for some of you, this is why you've been having unexpected, um, you call them uh, lack of sleep or sleep issues. God says, I need to do something unorthodox. So I'm going to get you up at 2, and I'm going to get you to get more work done between 2 and 4. I'm going to get you up at weird times. I'm going to have you going to sleep at weird times. I'm going to have you doing research at weird times. I'm going to break your orthodoxy. Am I talking to anybody? I'm going to have you interacting with people that you normally would not even interact with. I'm going to have you having conversations with people you normally wouldn't speak to. And I'm going to let them say something that ends up giving you one idea that changes everything. I'm going to do something unconventional, unorthodox, surreal, crazy in left field. What does that mean? I was looking for it over here, but it came from over here. God says this year is going to be a weird year. Now, um, song is called what? Summertime. What is the song about? How the times will be different. Because the season has changed. So, so, so here's what you got to do. Say, I must make the most of my time. Let, let, can, all right, let me say something, 915. This is going to be strong, all right? But I mean it with love and because we don't have time. We don't have time for you to be sitting in a state of analysis that causes paralysis. And so you never get anything done because you want it to be perfect. Not realizing if you wait for perfect, you'll never make any progress. I need you to touch somebody on the shoulder and say, don't wait for perfect. Say, perfect ain't coming. Say, you're going to have to do it in the midst of imperfection. But you're going to watch it work out. And the workout's going to be weird. But you just found out weird is a good thing. You might be used to having a circle of support that God says, nope, I'm about to snatch you away from that circle and it's going to be weird, but that weird is going to work out for your favor. Look at me. You're going to have to make the most of time. Most of us, listen to me carefully, waste time. We all get 24 hours in a day. Eight hours out of that day, you sleep. Eight hours out of that day, you work, which means you only get to influence a third of the day. And you know what most of us are doing? That's me, not you, you're spiritual. I'm talking about you real deep, YouTube, you real deep, Facebook. I'm talking about the person in your left right. You know what they're doing? They're looking at everybody else live their life and make the most of their time instead of maximizing their own time. Hear me, in these next six months, you're not going to have hours to waste. You're not going to have weeks to waste. 
You're not going to have days to waste. And for those of you, I just heard this in the spirit. For those of you where you're like, it's so much on me right now. So many decisions I got to make good. That's because God's going to force you to push some decisions out. Somebody say, I got to make the most of my time. Look at Ephesians 5 and 15. He says, therefore, see that you walk carefully, living life with honor, purpose, and courage. Stop. God says, I want you to live your life in a respectable way. Honor means of respect. It means I want you to live your life in a way where you are honoring God, where you are honoring people, where you are honoring yourself. See, there are certain things you wouldn't waste time on if you honored you. Because the moment I figured out you ain't talking about nothing, I honor me too much to keep talking to purpose say purpose which means if this is not furthering me then 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 this is not something I'm going to be able to do if this isn't making me better see some of you need to ask this question about some of your friendships because all y'all do is sit up and eat y'all don't do anything constructive and you don't need no more meals oh no don't say that don't look at me like that. I ain't scared of you we don't need no more meals we good you just had your cookout Watch me. If this is not purposeful, then what are we doing? What are we doing? You don't need people to just sit up and I'm just, just, you know, just sitting up shooting the breeze. That has no purpose. Then here's this next part. Courage. He says, here's how you maximize your time. You need to have some courage. Everybody look at me. How long are you going to pray about what's clear? Can I tell you where a lot of confusion comes from? It's not because we lack clarity. It's because we lack courage. We just scared to do it. But guess what? Everybody in this building, everybody online, you about to break that fear off your neighbor. If you sit next to somebody that doesn't want to touch you, forget them right now. Let's do something purposeful. Reach over their behind, and I need you to touch somebody on the shoulder and say, in the name of Jesus, I rebuke the spirit of fear, and I release courage. Proverbs 28 says the righteous are as bold as a lion in these next six months I speak courage into you you're gonna do it and you're gonna do it now you're gonna do it and you won't do it with fear 915 if you believe what your neighbor spoke and I won't be scared and I won't have fear and I won't be worried and I won't try to figure out what God's got to figure out. Why? If God be for me, who would dare be against me? And we know that all things work together. Somebody say, it's working together. Say it again, it's working together. I don't have time to waste. It's already working. Look at this. Let's go. It says, it says, with honor, purpose, courage. Look at this next part. Shunning those who tolerate and enable evil. Evil means contrary to. Now, I want you to pay attention to what the Bible says. Shunning. This means I don't fool with you no more. Can I be honest with you, Christians? Many times you are too kind, listen, to the enemy. And the enemy's people. Bishop Bowman, what do you mean by that? Let me be as clear and as unambiguous as I can. The Bible says, if what they're doing is evil, God says, don't judge them. 
Don't beat them down. Just, I don't fool with you. So since you want to talk about God and you ain't believing no more and you don't believe in church, you're like, that's cool. I'm not judging. I'm praying for you, but I'm not fooling with you. Because the Bible says, y'all not going to talk to me. The Bible says I am not supposed to fool with people who tolerate and enable evil. So if you want to put your mouth on people and gossip, I'm not judging you. I'm praying for you. But I'm not coming over there to sit around and talk about other. It got quiet right here. He says shun. That means modern translation, don't fool with. Don't fool with people who tolerate and enable evil. Watch the next part. Look at this. It says, not as the unwise. Say, not as the unwise. But as wise. What does this mean? Sensible, intelligent, discerning. Speak this over yourself. I'm sensible. And this just means that you're perceptive. To be sensible means that you don't only sense it, but you know what to do as a result of what you sense. Say, I'm intelligent. Uh, you are smart. And watch me. And you're not just uh, scholastically erudite. Watch me. You got street smarts too. What do you mean, Bishop? The Bible says be as wise as a serpent and as harmless as a dove. Do you know what a serpent is in Scripture? A deceiver. Which mean, What does that just mean? Simply put, it means that I got street smarts. It means don't try to play a player. Y'all not going to say nothing to me. Don't try to run game on somebody that wrote the book that you're reading about game. I pray that you would not be deceived in these next six months. I pray that you would not be hoodwinked, bamboozled, and tricked in these next six months. Then it means to be discerning. What is discerning? Discerning means that I can pick up the spirit behind something. And can I be honest with you? The purpose of discernment is to discriminate. Now, I don't mean discrimination in the way we think of it uh, in a racial way. No. I don't mean discrimination the way that we think of it against a woman, against a man, against the. Mm -mm. Discrimination simply means it means that I treat differently based on what I've discerned. See, so all of them may be related to you, but discernment says, but I can't deal with you the same way I deal with this one. Because this one would fight for me. You're the one that starts the fights for me. You missed it. The purpose of discernment, it means that I deal with you differently. There's some people you're going to have to learn to say, you know what? I don't even, I, no, mm -mm, I have nothing to say about that. Because my discernment has showed me that it's a waste of time to try to correct them. So I'm not even going to do that. I can sense the spirit behind them. Because sometimes you get into these fights with people, and the purpose of discernment is that I can figure out the spirit behind the individual. I pray in these next six months your discernment would be on another level. Because there's certain things that are wasting your time and you sitting up here losing sleep, losing energy, all of that. And it's wasting your time. And all you need to do is discern. Look at me. Jesus discerned that Judas couldn't be changed. So what do you never see Jesus do to Judas? Try to change him. Who does he speak to strongly to try to change? Peter. He speaks to Peter. He's like, Peter, you are a whole thug that halfway listens. But you with me. And sometimes God's going to put people around you that are in rough form. And as they're around you and you're around them, you all are going to sharpen one another. Because the Bible says iron sharpens iron. But then with Judas, you know what he does with Judas? He says nothing to him. And Judas is the one that betrays him. You think at some point Jesus would have spent his time trying to say, well, why are you doing me wrong? Why did you leave out like that? Why did you act like that? And Jesus is like, I don't have time for that. My discernment has revealed that you're not worth my time. I pray that your discernment, mm, 
would show you who and what is not worth your time in these next six months. Say, Lord, sharpen my discernment. Verse 16, here it is. Making the very most of your time, recognizing and taking advantage, here it is, of each opportunity. Okay, all right, you ready? We got to go up. These next six months, opportunities are going to come to you. And the Bible says that you got to make the most out of it and take advantage of it and use it with wisdom and diligence. I pray that every opportunity that comes up for you in these next six months, that you would take advantage of it with wisdom and diligence. What does that mean? It means that I'll know exactly how to handle it, and I'll be consistent. I'll know exactly what to do, and I'll be reliable. I'll know exactly what to do, and I'll be faithful. Encourage somebody next to you, say, an opportunity is about to not. Okay, that was nice. Can you please tell somebody else that when you tell them something good, they'll put a praise behind it? Say, an opportunity is about to knock. Say, take advantage of it. Come on, 915. This is for your life. Say, an opportunity is about to knock, and I'll take full advantage of it. Say, my phone's about to ring, and I'll take full advantage of it. An email's about to come, and I'll take full advantage of it. Only for those of us that know some big opportunities are about to come. Can you release a praise for five seconds right there? Go five, four, we're almost done. Three, two, it's knocking, it's knocking, it's knocking, it's knocking, it's knocking. One client is going to make your business a seven-figure, it's knocking. It's knocking. It's knocking. One opportunity is going to change the game for you. Holla, it's knocking. Look at this, verse 17. Therefore, don't be dumb. That's my version. Therefore, don't be foolish and thoughtless. Here's foolish. Foolish means to act as if there is no God. Who's he writing to in Ephesians? Christians. Which means he says, there's a lot of Christians that act as if what I said, I didn't mean. There's a lot of Christians, watch me, who, 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 who watch me, God says, it, it is as they live as if fools, as if I'm not here and I'm not real and I didn't say what I said. Father, don't let us be fools. He says, but, but don't be fools. He says, he says, or thoughtless, but understand and firmly grasp what the will of the Lord is. I pray that you would understand and fully grasp God's will for your life. No more wasted time. No more wasted time. No more wasted relationships. No more wasted friendships. No more wasted energy. No more wasted time. Come on, speak this over your life. Say, no more wasted time. What's the song? Summertime. What's the song about? <laughs> Bishop, it's about summertime. How the times will be different because the season has changed. When you came into 2022, God says, I want everything to change because you're in a new season. The season's called weird. Ooh, but it's going to be the best of your days. So the question is, how do I use 
um, how, how, do I, how do I make the most of my time? You ready for this? Look on the screen. Use anger for action, not apathy. Most of us get mad and that's it. You get angry and then you calm down. How many can be honest that in the last six months that you have just gotten angry and nothing happened, nothing changed, nothing was different, you just calmed down? And some of y'all just lying. I can tell you look mad now. Listen. I'm just playing with you. Listen, um, I want to show you something. Saul, who I've talked to you about in these last few messages, he becomes king at age 30. Now, listen, uh, after one cookout, did what? Change his life for the better forever. Then on Wednesday, I taught you that after he's made king, see, everybody is not invited to your cookout because the Bible says there were some scoundrels. And these scoundrels, uh, he, Saul literally had to ignore them. Go back and watch Wednesday's message, Who's All Coming? After all of that happens, we're picking up in 1 Samuel 11 and 5. This is, if you saw my preview yesterday, this is where I said it was going to get really good because there's one line in here that is, that is so good. Here's, here's where we're at. So Saul is now what? King. How old is he? Who did he ignore? Scoundrels. Scallywags. Skeezers. 1 Samuel 11 and 5. Saul asked, what is the matter? So some people run to him, and they're all upset, and they're all emotional. Saul said, why is everybody crying? So they told him about the message from Jabesh. Now, look at me. The message at Jabesh was this. There was a realm of Israel, and there was this king who was against Israel, against God's people. And the deal they made was that in order for the king not to take him out is that he was going to pluck out one of their eyes. And in plucking out one of their eyes, that would be their perpetual torment because they'd never be able to see properly again. They'd never feel confident again. They, okay, y'all will catch up. They'd never, ever be able to walk around with dignity again. They'd never walk around with a healthy self-esteem again. They'd never walk around. And so they run and tell Saul, this is what they've said. This is what they're going to do. He's going to pluck their eyes out. And I want you to look at verse number six. The Bible says, then the Spirit of God came powerfully on Saul. Watch the latter part. And he got angry. What if there are certain things that God is letting happen in your life and you keep calling it the devil and God says, no, I want you angry. Why? Because you're not going to take any action until you get angry. I wish you look over at somebody next to you and say, God started it to get you mad. Why? There are certain things you're not going to change until you're mad enough. There are certain things you're not going to do until you're mad enough. There are certain people you're not going to cut out until you are... Bible says the Spirit of God came powerfully on Saul. And when the Spirit came powerfully on Saul, look at me, he wasn't walking around, hallelujah, he was literally walking around, look at me, mad. Bible says he didn't just get angry, he got very angry. You wouldn't cut those people until they started being sloppy. There are certain people that you, you wouldn't say, you know what, look, to, sometimes you're holding on to people who truthfully don't add much benefit. 
And you have a loyalty to a dream, not a reality. Preach, Bishop. I will. Then the Spirit of God came powerfully upon Saul, and Saul got angry. God says, I need you mad. I need you frustrated. I need you angry. Why, Saul? Because you're going to keep wasting time unless I get you mad. Some of you look around what's happening in the nation, and you mad, but God says, but what you going to do? You look at what's happening in your family. God's like, you mad, but what are you going to do about it? Because what most of us do is our anger is simply an emotion. It does not cause motion. So how long are you going to waste time, Saul? The Bible says the Spirit of the Lord came upon him, and he got very angry. He said, uh-uh, I had enough of this. He said, no, I'm sick of seeing my children like this. He said, no, I'm sick of this division in my family. Y'all are catching. Mm -mm. I'm sick. Watch me. Sometimes it's God that lets you get sick and tired of being sick and tired so that you finally make a change. Sometimes, you ready for this one? It's God that lets you get angry with yourself. Because there's certain things you're not going to change in you until you can look at you and say, you know, I didn't have. Where are the honest people at at the 915? Where in the last six months, there are some things about yourself that you got angry with. And it wasn't until you got angry that you decided to take action. So look at what happens. Verse 7. This is what will happen to the oxen of anyone who refuses to follow Saul and Samuel into the battle. So Saul literally, he gets so angry, he goes and slaughters these oxen. As he slaughters these oxen, he says, listen, anybody who don't come fight with me. He says, anybody who does not go with me. Anybody, watch me, to follow Saul and Samuel. Saul, who in the story and the message that I've been preaching, who is Saul? You. Who is Saul? You. Who's Samuel? The man of God. All right, so, so I'm Samuel, you Saul. You got it? This is anybody who doesn't follow Saul and Samuel into battle, this is what's going to happen to their oxen. In other words, after he chopped down their oxen, he slaughtered their oxen, he says, listen, your life is going to be a mess if you choose to not use your madness to produce movement. I need you to just elbow somebody and say, there's a reason it got you angry. It's time to take some action. See, some of y'all trying me right now. I said, elbow the person next to you, say, there's a reason it got you angry. It's so that you take action. There's a reason the doctor's report got you angry so that you change how you eat, change how you live. It says, this is what will happen to the oxen of anyone who refuses to follow Saul and Samuel into battle. And the Lord made the people, listen, and the Lord made the people afraid of Saul's anger. And all of them came out together as one. Every parent, wave at me if you're a parent in the building online. Every parent has had this experience. Where you you playing real nice, you playing real nice. You playing real nice. Every leader has had this experience where you played real nice. And then one day, and it don't even take that much. It can take something that's seemingly small, right? Now, they ain't had that room clean for weeks. But then you walk in and see a toothpick on the floor. <laughs> don't do it. I 
I done had this. You can't. Get in here and clean yourself up. Ain't nobody going nowhere. Turn the TV off. Give me your phone. Give me your Xbox. Give me your Nintendo. Give me the keys to the car. Mama, I can't drive. Give me the keys to the car you're thinking about. One day you might want to drive. Ain't nobody going nowhere. Sit down. This is why small little things have been agitating you the way they are. It's because God says, watch me. I need you to take action, but I'm going to make them say, I better not mess with them. Uh-uh, you'll catch it in a minute. Because the Bible says that they all came out together as one. Sometimes God uses anger as a way to assemble the people. Because parents, let's tell the truth. Have you ever noticed after you have your snap moment? Hey, daddy, how you doing? Is there anything else I can do? Hey, Dad, I just want you to know I got all the toothpicks. I bought all the toothpicks from every King Supers in a 10-mile radius. We ain't never going to have no more toothpick problems. Every time you come home, the house is spotless. In relationships, you've been hee, 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 And you told them, you talked about it, and then one day you just, <laughs> now, I, now I'm not talking about abuse. Let me be clear, because I don't need no, I, I, you know, I got to say that. Because I don't want nobody thinking, see, mm -mm, mm -mm, I'm not talking about abuse. I'm just talking about a good, healthy snap. Healthy snap. Sometimes people don't take you serious. Sometimes people will sit there and shake their head. And then when you snap one day, they're like, oh, okay, he for real. I want you to see that God made this happen. God, we're almost done. Saul makes him angry. God makes him angry. And then he gets so angry, he chops up an ox and he says, anybody that don't come with me, this one I'm doing all of your ox. I mean, he went real thuggish on him. Like, this is some New Jack City Nino Brown stuff. You know, this is standing outside of the Carters, you know. You have to see the movie. Like, this is some real, this is some Godfather type stuff. This is some, no, this is kind of stuff where they're having a nice meeting with you and they're like, so tell me about how your mom's doing. And you're like, why are you talking about my mom? And they be knowing information about your mom. You don't know, what is it? It's a veiled threat to say, I just want you to know that if you don't assemble with me, I'm going to snap on you. Look at the screen. The Bible says, stay with me, y'all. We're going somewhere. That Saul got so angry that the Lord made the people afraid of his anger so that they came out together as one. Sometimes God will use what you think is a negative, And he's using it to bring something positive. Because most of us won't take action until we're angry enough about it. Is there anybody at this 915, we got to go, where there's some situations in your life where the truth is, it's got you a little angry now. I wish I had some, there, there, there's some situations happening on your job that now, you, you've been being nice, you've been kind, but now I'm angry about this now. There's some stuff going on in your finances, I'm angry about it now. Is there anybody where you got a righteous anger on the inside of you about some things that have been going on?
God says, I'm going to use this anger to cause action. So, so look at verse 9. So Saul, here's the shout, sent the messengers to say. So he sends the message to this part of the kingdom. We're going to rescue you. This is prophetic for those that will get it. By noontime tomorrow. It ain't for everybody. But for somebody, that's prophetic. For some, what does prophecy mean? It's the fourth tale and fourth tale. For somebody, by noon tomorrow, what angered you today won't even be a problem by noon tomorrow. If you think I'm speaking to you, I need you to release a praise right there behind that. If I'm not, don't do anything. But for those of you that believe within 24 hours, there can be a miracle. 25 hours, there can be a miracle. Somebody say, by noon tomorrow. Say, by noon tomorrow. By noon tomorrow. Say it again, by noon tomorrow. Look what Saul said. Saul said, I'm so mad about this. We ain't waiting. He said, by noon tomorrow. <laughs> Look at me. There's some decisions, hear me, that by noon tomorrow, you will have all the information you need to do what you need to do. Please, 915, y'all are quenching the spirit. By noon tomorrow, you're going to have all of the data that you need. By noon tomorrow, the offer that's been held up will be on your desk. By noon tomorrow, the right door that you've been knocking on will finally open. Can I prophesy to you, 915? Come on, somebody say, by noon tomorrow. What was a problem today will not be a problem. By noon tomorrow, Saul said, Saul said, by noon tomorrow, this is, this is not going to be a problem. Saul said, because I'm mad about this. And this isn't carrying on another week. This isn't carrying on another month. This isn't carrying on another day. They've ignored you for the last day. They pretended like they didn't see it for the last day. I don't know who needs to hear this. There's an insurance company. Oh, she going to respond by noontime tomorrow. Who is that for? Come on. I, I just got to obey God. Please, y'all, because we got to move. Can I just get you to touch somebody on the shoulder and speak this into their life? Say, by noontime tomorrow. Come on, online. Type that in the comments. Tag somebody. By noontime tomorrow. He got you angry about it so that you would get excited about change. He got you frustrated about it so you would get excited about change. And the problem that happened in your house yesterday by noon tomorrow. And your body will be healed by noon tomorrow. I wish I had some faith in this. I just heard this, and the IRS is going to release your money by, I don't know who that's for. Come on, this is the 915. We're not supposed to go up like this, but I sense a strong prophetic grace in the building and online. Can I get you to touch somebody else? We're about to go. Just touch somebody else and tell them, say, by noon tomorrow. We got to go. And the Bible says there was great joy throughout the town. 
and there was great joy at the 915 and there was great joy on YouTube and there was great joy on Facebook and there was great joy in the app and there was great joy in the website. Why? I'm shouting over the message. I'm shouting over the prophecy. I'm shouting over what's been spoken. By noon tomorrow, 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 7 Let's go. Let's go. I'm out of time. I'm out of time. So he said, Bishop, why are they rejoicing like that? That's what the Bible says. When they heard the message, they started jumping. When they heard the message, they started running. When they heard, I'm not waiting for it. I'm going to praise him in advance. I'm not waiting for it. I'm going to give God glory in advance. I'm not waiting. I'm By noon tomorrow, by noon. We got to go. 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 We got, hey, come here, come here, come here, come here, come here, come here. Shake my hand. And what was difficult, God makes easy for you. 915, we're about to go up. And what was bothering you, God makes it easy for you. And what was difficult emotionally, God makes it easy for you by noon tomorrow. And G can I get some brothers to rejoice with him? Can I get some men to rejoice with him? Can I get some men to... Now, now let me tell you what is so awesome about God. Um, when I preach, everybody listen to me, we're done. When I preach, we're going to get towards, and then we're going to do it all again. When I preach, I, I, don't, I don't care what nobody else is preaching. You got a lot of preachers saying crazy stuff now. Don't think that popular means right. That's why I show you Bible. So, but I literally say, God, what do you, listen, this is my prayer. Lord, what do you want me to say to your people? I said, because I don't care nothing about what nobody else is saying. I said, what do you want me to say to your people? And then I let him lead my fingers as I type. That's it. The only reason I do notes is for y'all, so you have it on the screen. Because to be honest, I don't need them. But, but let me show you something so amazing to me. What is today? What is today? Give me the day. 7-10-22. Say, this is prophetic. Everybody won't get it, and I'm cool with it. All right. What's tomorrow? All right, 7 11 22. All right, just, just look at me. All right, I need you to look at me. And, and what does the scripture say happened when, when Saul sent the message? That they got joy 
by noontime tomorrow, which would be what? 7-11-22. Look at verse 11. Everybody ain't going to get it, and I'm cool with it. Before dawn the next morning, Saul launched a surprise attack against the Ammonites and slaughtered them the whole morning. I need you to go prophesy to three people around you and say, and it starts tonight. Go tell them. I don't like the fact that some of y'all ain't moving. Please go to three people, shake their hand, tell them, and it starts tonight. I I'm not supposed to act like this is the 915. Somebody say, before I wake up, some stuff's turning around. Say, before I wake up, some situations are changing. 915, we're about to go. But if you believe that, put a praise on that. Turn their heart tonight. Turn their heart tonight. Turn their heart tonight. Here we go. <laughs> Look at me. Before dawn, the next morning. Before dawn. Before dawn. Before the sun rose. Saul launched a surprise attack. Lift your hands, 915. Father, release an attack. No, I'm prophesying to you. Lift your hand. Release an attack on what's been attacking us. Release an attack on whatever has been holding us back, blocking us, stopping us, impeding us. And I pray that you would make it a surprise attack. And we expect a surprise victory. We expect a surprise breakthrough. We... Somebody say, I expect a surprise victory. I expect a surprise change for my better in Jesus' name. Look at me. Before dawn the next morning, Saul launched a surprise attack. Who's Saul in the story? The enemy was hoping you just get angry and not do anything. But somebody said, I'm not wasting any more time. By noon. Before dawn the next morning, Saul launched a surprise attack against the Ammonites and on Monday morning slaughtered them what was stressing you out what was giving you hell you were about to give hell give the next part come on it says their army thank you was so badly scattered that all they little clicks all they little meetings, all they little gossip, all they little mess. What's the Bible say? Not even two of them were left. To, 
speak this, and God's clearing the way. And he's making it easier for me. We have to go because I'm over time. Heads bowed and eyes closed in this building and online. We have to go. Wow. <laughs> wow. So glad you didn't quit. So glad you didn't throw in the towel. So glad you didn't give up. Hallelujah. In this building and online, eyes, eyes, eyes closed, heads bowed. Bishop, why do you do that? Just because people are about to make decisions about eternity. And I don't need you staring them down when they're making a decision about the Lord. Tonight, or this morning, excuse me, if you need to become a Christian for the first time, this is your moment. Secondly, if you're giving your life to the Lord, you've not been faithful to him. This is your time to recommit yourself to him. And thirdly, if you're like, Bishop, I don't know where things stand with God, but I want to be sure today, if that's you, you need to become a Christian, recommit yourself to the Lord, or be sure, wherever you're at, on the count of three, I'm going to ask that you slip your hand up in the building. Online, I'm going to ask that you use the hand wavy emoji or say, it's me. You don't have time to waste. Tomorrow is not promised. So today, if that's you, this is God calling for you. He's not mad. He's not angry. He's not trying to beat you up or beat you down. He loves you unconditionally. And this is your opportunity to respond to his love. He sent you a four-page letter. <laughs> and he enclosed it with a cross so that your life would be better. Listen, if you need to become a Christian, recommit yourself a little or be sure. Hands up on three. In the building, online, do the hand emoji just says to be one. No guilt, no condemnation, no shame. Two. Three, if that's you, hands up in the building. Online, do the hand baby emoji and say it's me. Hallelujah. I see you. Hallelujah. I see you. Everybody pray this with me. Say, Father, thank you for dying in my place. Thank you for your love for me. I confess it with my mouth. I believe in my heart that you are my Lord and my Savior. Give me the grace to be a faithful Christian. If I fall, give me the grace to get right back up. Thank you for using what made me angry to cause action. I don't have any time to waste. In Jesus' name, amen. Listen, if you just prayed that prayer for the first time, recommitted yourself to the Lord, or sure, scan that QR code or text decision to the number on the screen, 877-552-4746. Did you make a decision to become a Christian for the first time or recommit your life to Jesus? We want to help you make Christianity a lifestyle and not just a hobby. So just text the word decision to 877-552-4746 and we'll send simple next steps so you know what to do next. We're praying for you and congratulations. Remember, your faithful giving is how we continue to bring life-giving messages like these to you. So bless what blesses you in our app or online at www.harvestchurch.church forward slash give. Remember to love God, love people, and love life. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. That's why they love Viator. They have over 300,000 bookable experiences and something for everyone. Plus, their travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator.
With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.